be used by lonely chauvinists. See, everybody wants us, but by shitting all over us, they try and bring our price down. But you shitting all over them counteracted their shitting all over us. You nagged and nagged. Richard, this could be good. Where do we have next? Uh, Ross Loma Capital. Should I keep doing it? Should I keep nagging? No, no, I'll handle this. If they want to negotiate using hostility and rudeness, well, they picked the wrong guy. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remakes. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of Original Remake, and I am your host, Dr. P, and with me is my student, uh, Mikey D. I guess, I don't know. What a terrible opening. That's better than being Henry Palfrey or uh, Napoleon Dynamite, so I'd rather be Mikey D. That's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. uh, So the movies that we're covering today, uh, School of Scoundrels, the original movie came out uh, in 1960. It's, a, it's an, a, a British movie, I, I guess we can call it that, um, starring Ian Carmichael as uh, Henry Palfrey. And he is kind of, kind of an older gentleman, I, I would say, probably mid mid to late 40s, maybe even early 50s, kind of. That or he's like, you know, 20s and it's just a lot of hard living back in the late could 50s. Be. <laughs> no, you, you're, you're probably right. But he's kind of, um, you know, I guess a failure at like uh, love and sport and... Uh, Work easily as well. conned yeah you know right at work uh taking advantage of and you know pushover passive aggressive kind of guy and so he decides to enroll into the uh the school of life livesmanship uh which is a uh, run by a dr potter and that is uh played by alistair sim and he instructs a class that teaches them these skills on how to pick up women and um Get the best of other people, I suppose. A c- couple other people of note. Uh, Terry Thomas plays the, the guy that uh, I guess they take turns showing up one another. And also the love interest of uh, Jeanette Scott, who I found very easy on the eyes. I've never seen her before, and she was uh, quite pretty. In she was movie. too good for all of them in this movie. Yeah, she was. She Now, she was probably like 18. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, the age differences in uh, romantic comedies remain the same. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's an American Hollywood studio film or over in the UK. Um, but we will be talking about a remake. Of course, it is from Hollywood, the English language remake. There was, uh, I'm going to get you this time, Peter, before you mention it. There was a Bollywood remake apparently in the 70s of yes. School for Scoundrels. But we're, of course, not covering that because I was not aware of it. The 2006 film was written by Todd Phillips and Scott Armstrong. It was directed by Todd Phillips, who uh, went on to be far more successful with the Hangover films, but before this had done Road Trip, which was, uh, I think, around 2000, successful college comedy. Uh, This one has actually a number of people that went on to bigger and better things, but really none of them play a major role. The the lead here, uh, our version of Henry Palfrey here is Roger, played by John Hader. 
who is uh, Napoleon Dynamite. That's what he's most famous for. And from Oregon. Is he from Oregon? Salem, Oregon, yep. Him and his well, twin brother, yeah. I always thought he was from Utah for some reason. I think the, <laughs> I think the director of Napoleon Dynamite's from Utah. I don't know. I think that that's could what, be. where the confusion was. Um, the love interest here is played by Jacinda Barrett, who I remember from being on the London season of Real World way back in the early 90s, like the fourth oh, wow. season. And uh, somewhere around the mid-2000s, she started getting some fairly big roles. She was in The Last Kiss, uh, Zach Braff's uh, – wife or bride to be in that film and i don't know where she's been since i don't know it's like she had a couple of romantic leads and then just dropped off again <clears throat> the uh deceased unfortunately michael clark duncan plays lesher who is a character that's not in the original because he's the assistant to the new version of dr p which i guess is an allusion to uh potter i think that's why they chose the, the p is the last name and the the author of the book was also a a, a Potter, right? Yeah, um, played here by Billy Bob Thornton, which this is pretty much right in his wheelhouse of playing a scumbag, uh, and not just a scumbag, but usually someone who is used to getting his way. So he's a scumbag who wins, and the premise of this film is he's going to teach uh, various people, such as uh, David Cross, Matt Walsh, uh, Horatio Sands, uh, John Glazer, Paul Shear. Ben Stiller's, I mean, uh, uh, Luis Guzman's in this, uh, although he's not one of the members of the class. There's a lot of guys who went on to be uh, bigger in comedy, uh, including uh, the guy from The Big Bang Theory, who I don't even think has a line in the film. Nope, not one line. <laughs> and it was, it was so, uh, well, not funny, haha, but it was very interesting because, uh, you know, he's openly gay, but I don't think at the time he was. And then there's that uh, scene where Michael Clark Duncan drops the, the, the gay slur, the F-bomb. Like, I'm just like, whoa. You I want to ask Jim you about Parsons. that. Okay. Um, clearly watching the two films, you know, you're watching a comedy from, uh, or at least was released in 1960, filmed in 1959, and then this 2006 film. You know, there's different sensibilities. But even, you know, in a movie called School for Scoundrels, I thought that caught, like, that line caught me off guard. Like, it's like... I don't really think for the most part, a lot of this is, you know, out of bounds humor. It's a PG 13 comedy. And so, yeah, I was, I was a little kind of shocked that we just got Michael Clark Duncan, just, uh, just yelling at these dudes, as you said, with a gay slur. So I think there's some tonal issues with the new version. Maybe they were deciding whether or not to go for R rated humor or not. And the studio made them pull back to PG 13. But, um, I will say that the original is far more consistent and that it's, I don't know, a little more cheery when they one up each other. Like they, when, when they teach this guy to be a scoundrel, um, you know, he's still, I don't know. He does it with a smile on his face and he still like offers to shake hands and he calls people, sir. I don't know. It's just a different sensibility. It's a different style. It is. It definitely caught me off guard too. And I wonder if it's one of those things that he kind of had like, um, like free range to kind of like ad lib perhaps. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't take it as funny. It, it was just, you know, just shocking. Just it came out of nowhere. But uh, I, I do agree with you. It's like um, the, the class is being treated differently. You know, it, uh, in the well, in the original, you, there's a class, but you don't really get the students. You know, you only kind of focus on uh, Henry. Whereas the the remake, it's it's about the school of scoundrels. It's about these students essentially. Um, Roger, played by John uh, Heater, Header, he kind of, 
I don't know, in the middle, like when there's all these espionage type things going on, he kind of like, like disappears for, for a little bit. And then like all the classmates kind of have like this really big role in, in his plan. Um, so that's, that's what I took from it. But, uh, you mentioned, uh, Paul Shear. I, I know that he's in the league and, um, uh, fresh out the boat and some of these other uh, sitcoms, but I actually know him from the host of the podcast. How did this get made? It's Never heard of what, it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movie <laughs> review podcasts. Are you, are you being facetious there? <laughs> what? Well, I'm not gonna, you know, prop up a fellow <laughs> no. movie podcast, a competitor. Never heard of it. it sounds terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I tweeted at him. I was like, "Hey, saw you in this movie," and he liked it. So. That's it, but yeah, no. I, he's How do you a funny get guy. these people to like these tweets? I don't understand. You get Jessica Chastain to to like one or heart one or whatever. How do you get How do you get these people to like your stuff? Uh, you know what? I, I I don't know. I I think they look at my followers and they feel bad for me, and <laughs> just just hit that heart button to to give me a like. You know, if they really feel that bad, they could record, you know, an intro like to this show or something. Help us out a little bit. Well, I, I do have some of the, well, I, I have some of those for my show, Hydrate Level 4. You can find that at followingfilms.com. Might be a new record. Might be a new record. <laughs> you right. mentioned earlier about uh, the original film doesn't, it doesn't seem to focus as much in the actual schooling as far as the class. Like, like the way they frame it is he shows up. Uh, and then they flash back to all of his problems, like the reason he's there. Whereas in the the new film, you know, he gets we get to see him have these problems. You know, at work, um, he's a he he he's a meter maid, or at least that's what people keep calling him, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the type of job to have if you don't like confrontation, because you're never going to see a happy face. And then because of that, like he's he's told uh, by a friend uh, played by David Cross to like, Hey, you know, this guy can help you out. He helped me out. And it's kind of like a fight clubish type thing. Like if you've not seen the original, like, and I guess not seen the trailers, you would, you know, wonder what is, you know, what's, what's he going to be taught here. And I think I was a little disappointed in the original that they kind of skipped that process and pretty much just go to him. It's very brief, him being fixed and conning everyone who conned him. Like it's, it's, it's uh, I don't want to say it's paint by numbers, but everyone who screwed him over at the beginning of the film and that flashback, we just go back and sort of revisit the scenes of the crime. Uh, like the guys that, you know, screwed him on a car deal, like sold him a crappy car. Uh, this competitor at, you know, this guy at work that sort of oversteps his bounds. We just kind of keep going back and correcting these things. So that's something I did like more about the remake, but I think that's about the only thing I liked more about the remake. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, there is a difference in about almost 20 minutes uh, in the, the runtime for both movies with the uh, original being shorter. I Yeah, I, I disagree with you that, you know, we get more of a montage in the original where it's showing like each of his classes. At one point, it just goes kind of down the line. You know, if it wasn't showing, hey, this is the next next subject and 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 here it is, the, the new and approved Henry kind of thing. Uh, yeah, even the did, original thinks that some of the classes are boring, apparently, because they just skip them. They just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there was a long <laughs> list of lessons there uh, where, you know, you mentioned that the uh, remake kind of has like this fight club feel to it because there's rules, you know, to this class, you know, lies, lies and more lies and get the girl alone. So there's all these rules that we learn 
uh, in the in the remake. Uh, but what I do like better in the original is, um, you know, him actually really trying. You know, where like uh, I, I really like the the scene where he tries to take her out to the date, uh, where after you know the the man at work. Uh, was telling him, "Oh, your well, your uncle would would have gone to this place, yet you want to go to this other place," and so he ends up going. And then there's this waiter, you know. Uh, I just I I found this to be pretty funny. The, the the original, I I felt like the comedy was more on level uh, on par with like a a 1960s sitcom, you know, without the laugh track. And that's the way it came off. And I'm not, you know, used to something like that. So so that kind of worked for me. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I actually found it pretty funny. You know, um, the scene specifically is when uh, Henry pulls out like a, a, a bill, you know, what, whatever it was. And he kind of like ruffles it a little bit to kind of get the the Mater D's ear twitching a little bit. I hear money and, and still loses the dollar or whatever it is and doesn't get a seat. Um so I really like that. And we, I don't know, I, I can't say that there was a scene that I really cared to show him being a loser because Roger is just a loser. There's, there's, you know, it, he, he's just like down on his luck, this guy. I mean, I don't there know were, what to say about him. There were so many great comedic actors. Like, for instance, the the roommate of the, the girl that he adores and is kind of creepy about adoring, um, played by Jacinda Barrett. Her roommate is played by Sarah Silverman, who's a comedian. And I get really tired. Like, you know, we talked about the last time school of rock came up because we were talking about bad news bears and, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, of course, playing, you know, scoundrel in that. And I thought, man, how many times did she just have to play this sort of overbearing, nagging, uh, abrasive, you know, just insulting woman, like who's, like these people have not done anything like to her. She just kind of enters the scene and starts like just tearing into them. And I thought this would be, you've got someone who clearly has a different persona on her own material. Like it's kind of childlike. Like, I mean, she might say like very foul things, but she doesn't really play mean. She just kind of plays flighty. And I was like, why don't you use that? Like, I don't really care to see him went over just into Barrett here, the Amanda character. Like it would have been cool to see him like get confidence and not just be so tunnel vision over one woman. Like that's not really the point to like fix his life. And I, I hate that in romantic comedies when we put that on, like if he can just get the girl, then it'll fix everything about him. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't it have been somebody else? Like, you know, he shows up, there's this whole exchange with Sarah Silverman where she's like sort of demanding that he hand over the flowers to her. And, and I was hoping, yeah. yeah, I was hoping that the, you know, they'd go out and we'd drop this whole, but of course the one big difference between the original and the remake is that he can't, they can't, the film can't drop that subplot because they set it up to where the teacher is not helping the student defeat like another male suitor for his like love's affection. The teacher becomes the other suitor. And so I guess that's, that's supposed to set up like all sorts of hijinks, but I don't think really any of it's funny. Like it's not, I don't know. It's just not that interesting. Yeah, it looks like they took the idea of the original movie and was heavily influenced by Meet the Parents and also Anger Management. That's all I saw in this movie. And I was like... What about Training Day? I kept thinking Training Day. Except really? <laughs> comedy because... King Kong, there, huh? Well, there's, there are moments in, you know, I guess spoiler alert for Training Day in School for Scoundrels, which 
you know, if you've not seen Training Day, I suggest you stop this podcast and watch it. School for Scoundrels, whatever. You know, you're fine. Um, where, you know, the teacher here, played by Billy Bob Thornton, tries to convince him that all of this has been a test. And I, I kept having flashbacks to Denzel telling Ethan Hawke that. Like, it's like, oh, you got me. But you see, this is a part of your training. So that's why I'm doing all this shady stuff. See? And so I was like, well, this is just a really crappy rom-com version of Training Day. And it made me mm. want to put in that movie instead. But I didn't because I'm a professional podcaster. So I finished the movie. Now, Much like Paul you- Shear. Yes. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> um Maybe maybe I'll tag him in, when we release this episode. Hopefully he can. Oh, he was us. great in this movie. Did I mention that yet? He is phenomenal. Like yeah. probably should have been nominated for this part. He has a very beautiful wife. Does he? She she hosts with him. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish yeah. him nothing but the best, except in podcasting. Yeah, yes, I wish him but... the worst. <laughs> now, uh, have you seen Anger Management? I have uh, Jack Nicholson. I'm saying there. Yeah, it that that's how it it fooled me. I, at the end, that happened. I'm like, well, damn, that's just like anger management. And then it there's a twist that no, they they did screw him or uh, Billy Bob screwed him over anyway. And then I like, meet the parents. It, it's like the the exchange between De Niro and uh, Ben Stiller, who's also a uh, you know original remake alum here, uh, returns in the role of Lonnie. And when I saw him, I was like, oh man, like. First, I was already thinking Meet the Parents, and then Horatio uh, Sands plays a character. Well, he um, uh, picks the alias of, like, Gaylord, or maybe it was the other guy, you know, like Gaylord Fokker from Meet the Parents. So, I think he gives it, the other guy the name of Gaylord, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, and so I don't know, like, this this movie, I, I, I checked out a lot of times just because I kept on thinking of, like, other movies. I'm, I, I'm, I was trying to look for the similarities, like, with the original and the remake, and the only thing I could find was the tennis match and even the it's tennis scene it, it was not good yeah you it know was, for me i like you know we're big movie buffs i'd never heard of the original school for scoundrels like i had heard of this version in 2006 and i'd skipped it thankfully up to this point and uh so yeah for them to just like put a little shout out to the tennis sequence first off i was thinking you know, do these seem like characters that would play tennis like this? I mean, <laughs> Roger himself, like clearly he's, you know, he doesn't display that he's great at tennis, but he's pretty damn accurate as far as putting the ball against the back of Billy Bob's head. Like, like he, he's, he's good with it. And when it's a means to, uh, to violence, I guess. But yeah, I, I kept thinking like, why, why even do that acknowledgement of the original? You, you're changing so much else. Uh, why do we have this tennis scene? Speaking of a shot to the head, he shoots Michael Clark Duncan in the head with a paintball gun. They're like point blank. <laughs> now, anybody has played paintball? That's pretty damn dangerous. Like, <laughs> I thought that was the stupidest thing they did right there. Like, he should have shot him somewhere else. Um, yeah, that that really took me out. Because um, you know, if Michael Clark Duncan is when he gets up from that, he's going to rip this dude's head off. Like, that's going to be if he doesn't rape him like the other guys. I mean, <laughs> also awkward bit of humor. They kept bringing up that this character played by Michael Clark Duncan likes to rape people. It's like, I, I, yet again, I was like, is this really where the PG 13 comedy wants to go? Cause there's really n- that uh, it's pretty much the Michael Clark Duncan character that brings in, I guess the, the R rated humor. And I also hated the, uh, like, I don't know if you'd call it post credits, but the little bumper at the very end with him and Ben Stiller. I, I don't know. Just thought it was dumb. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. I think Todd Phillips was really trying to, Gosh, I don't know. He was trying to do like Judd Apatow type 
movies? You know, at this point, what has Judd Apatow already put out? Superbad, was that out yet? I think it would have been the following year. Um, okay, 2007. Yeah, that sounds about A 40-year-old right. virgin, but he had done Freaks and Geeks. You know, one big difference between him and Judd Apatow is he actually uses, Apatow uses his ensemble and gives mm-hmm. him the small, gives him big seat. Like, Ozzy Ansari is in this for what, one line? Yeah. Like right before the paintball. And I was like, man, you, you had so many great comedians in this. You don't use them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, D. Ray Davis. Uh, I, I like him. He was pretty funny. Uh, the, you know, one of the, I don't know, I guess, baller slash gangbangers that steals Roger's clothes, you know, at the beginning. Also very dumb that we open with him, like, opening fire in the streets of New York on yeah. a meter maid. I was like, I don't really think it would have gone that far. Yeah, I, I, you know they had a lot of minorities doing bad things. You had the the Hispanic men on the bus, you know, fighting with uh, the guy who I only know from Jerry Maguire, um, <laughs> the uh, au pair that's in the jazz. Right, right, the au pair. Yeah, <laughs> likes to listen to uh, Miles Davis. I think it was anyway. It kind of makes it worse when you have. You're right because even when. Roger, our main character, assembles his team to go against Billy Bob. I think it's all the white dudes in the class. Maybe not all of them, but that's all he he rolls with and his his crew. Right? He gets the au pair. Yeah. Um, well, Horatio Sands is half, I think, or I don't know. Oh, you're right. He's the, he's the limo driver, and they're they're sort of Ocean's Eleven heist, which yeah. seemed overly complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't understand why you just didn't walk up to billy bob's house with all that information like i, I didn't you know these, these state secrets that have to be executed at this particular time basically just to tell his wife that uh he's having affairs all you really need is a camera and that's it yeah they were really overthinking it probably trying to uh you know cha- channel that oceans 11 feel uh it, it didn't work you know this this heist uh plan or whatever it the execution was uh it was a mess you know, um, it really steered away from the original and trying to do its own thing, and I don't think it worked at all. What did you think of the uh, the master plan uh, in the original, which does heavily center around this tennis match, basically just um, making this guy look bad as far as in a, a – I mean, it's it's still a game that has to be played, and a lot of it, I think, because of the, the way they're filming it and the actors involved, they certainly shoot around the tennis. Like, you know, you don't, you barely see that. I don't even think they move from left to right very often, but it kind of makes sense because it seems like most of the tactics that he's using are all mental, like just trying to get his head, trying to get the guy to mess up. That's actually, and that's what I was going to say. Like, that's what I do like about the original because, you know, I, I feel that's what the school is teaching you, trying to get into people's head, you know, play mind games. Whereas the other one is just like, teaching you confidence i guess you know and uh the mind games is with the students you know trying to man up i guess but no i i liked the the, the tennis match and uh, i think the times uh they, they they take turns you know not moving you know uh henry when the very first match against um what's the other gentleman's name i know it's terry it's uh, mr delaney uh, you know, Mr. Delaney is the one who's kind of not moving as much. And, you know, he's basically hitting the tennis ball like in from one uh, in one spot here. And then the, the second time around after uh, Henry has gone to the schooling, he's it's, it's all mental, you know, and um, he's the one who's kind of roughing the feathers, you know, with Mr. Delaney. He's the one who's getting really agitated and 
uh, you know, he's run, get, getting flustered and really messing up on the game. Does it really even make that much sense in the remakes version that someone who's getting paid $5,000 a pop to teach this class would try to sabotage one of his students? Like, and he if you're one gets of the, some money back. If you're one of the other students, like, I mean, what incentive do you have to really like take his teachings and like actually try to apply them? If you do too well in the class, he's going to destroy your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it's, if, if, if he's actually getting $5,000 a head, I don't really understand it from the Billy Bob Thornton's character's perspective. Like I just take my money and, you know, hope they recommend me to other people like, and keep this. It's a pretty you know nice life to have to just teach people to be jerks and assholes. I don't know. Again, I think it kind of goes back to like maybe he's just influenced on some of these other movies that kind of did it better. You know, I, I actually kind of do like anger management better and probably would have preferred to watch that along with uh, the original School of Scoundrels. I don't know. It would have been an interesting but pairing. I Something that uh, I didn't think was going to be as overt in the original as I guess it would be in the remake is this uh, concept of... Um, uh, negging, I guess, women, which uh, is on my mind because I've been rewatching Silicon Valley for uh, a podcast, uh, TV Ate My Brain, that we're going to record. And that's like one entire episode is about this concept. And uh, I, I want, I'm, I think you're going to edit this episode, but I, I want that clip to be played so people understand what I'm referencing here. I'll have to send it to you. I didn't really think that the 1960 version would go as far as they did with him attempting to sleep with this girl like as soon as he gets her back to his place like it actually goes further with it than what the remake does as far as seeing him like you know getting her something to accidentally sort of spill on her dress and then getting her out of her clothes and then playing the sort of negging mind games with her to get her to kind of make it seem like it's her idea to like proposition him like I was actually shocked that I was seeing that in a 1960 movie. I was too, and I was actually a little uncomfortable with the whole like holy sock thing. Is is that what was going on? <laughs> he had a, a big hole in his sock, and yeah, and so she you know makes fun of it. So he takes off his socks, and I, it was a little much. And it, it started getting it got really creepy when he called himself Uncle Henry. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know where. A, well, he kept telling her that he had like sort of a paternal like feeling for her and that yeah. sort of turned her on. Yeah. I agree with you that, that entire, like for the most part for 90 minutes, I thought this was just sort of a lighthearted little comedy. And it was nice to see this guy's been picked on sort of, you know, get vengeance on these scumbags that, you know, cheated him out of money or belittle him because it's like, he's picking on people's own size, people who deserve it. But that was probably the only time where I saw him use his skills where I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with him sort of playing mind games with this, as you mentioned seemingly a very young girl at least by the way she looks compared to him she looks really young but i mean i don't know i i was it was kind of bittersweet you know when he kind of like gave it i was like no no this this isn't right and and uh you know kind of comes out with it uh, uh, like a little bit of me was actually kind of rooting for him like get the girl get the girl but i mean <laughs> i didn't agree with how he was doing it but you know i wanted him to get the girl but when he stopped and i was like okay yeah i, I get it you know he, he's a gentleman too you know he he could have had her but you know uh having a guilty conscience i suppose kind of uh you know made him stop so i did like that you know his mentor mr potter thought 
that by him stopping and saying that he couldn't do that to her because he had genuine feelings for her was just an, like a new ploy, like a new trick to like sort mm. of add to the book and couldn't be convinced otherwise. What I didn't like was when he sort of ends the film by coming up and talking directly to the audience, breaking the fourth wall. I didn't oh, have right. an issue with that. I had an issue with, it was the closest I think I'd like we got to him as far as the camera to his face. And Alistair Sim like had visible and like very prominent, like ear hair, like coming out of, did mm. you notice that? I don't know. I actually, I didn't, but I, I was watching like a really good quality, like almost Blu-ray. Uh, version of it so no i i was not focused in on his ear i was watching i took a picture him. i'm gonna send it to you okay <laughs> you took a picture very interesting <laughs> well because i thought it was disturbing <laughs> i was horrified oh, and wow. i was like i guess it's just different standards but i was like wow you'd never see i don't care if it's an older actor you would never allow that on film like yeah i'm gonna have to send it to you well you know i mean to, to be fair I, I guess uh at that point you know they didn't have blu-ray they didn't have 4k uh, that's so, true. You know, didn't have to worry know, about this. Yeah, stuff. those transfers, you know, didn't look as clean, I guess, as they would now. So yeah, that's that's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, now, what do you think about the the differences in the the love interest? Like, uh, did either of them work for you uh, better than the other? Because you already brought up Becky, the roommate, uh, by, played by Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. I could have done completely without her, but uh, just how dare the- you? I went to bat for her and saying she should become the next romantic lead in this film. And you're saying get rid of her entirely. Well, I mean, I don't feel like there should be two. There shouldn't be a roommate and her. Like she should, there should just be one person. And if it, if it's Sarah Silverman, Hey, I'll take her. I actually find her attractive. I like brunettes. So, uh, and there is that, uh, I've seen screenshots of some movie that she was in with like Seth Rogen too. <laughs> I can't help you there. Oh, okay. Well, Maybe she's completely, she's completely nude. Really? Yes. Hmm. I've and with Seth Rogen. I am pretty sure we could. Well, because like there was uh they were both on the roast of uh, James Franco, and there was a res- re- uh, reference to that movie and uh, something about Bush too. So if you Google it, you will find what I'm talking about. I think Michelle Williams might have been in it too. You're trying to get me in trouble. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh click incognito when you search first um i listen but, to your uh your other podcast i've heard this discussed before what what what, what are you talking about wasn't this a, a huge thing with uh, a debate between uh you and the hosts of uh that pop this life oh uh, watching porn on your phone right yeah that's it just hit incognito I mean, it, I mean, it, gets, it depends on the browser that you use. So, but anyway. I just want to remind the listeners that I'm actually not doing that now. I am on my phone, but I'm trying to send <laughs> my co-host a picture of this old man with ear hair. That's where that's where my head's at right now. That's that's what we're calling it. Okay, sure, ear hair. Wink, wink. I I got you. But, it's a different uh, type of bush here. A 1960 <laughs> old man bush <laughs> in the ear, bush ear. Okay, uh, or ear bush, I guess. But Jacinda Barrett, her character, I don't know if it, it's probably the writing, but I did not care for her. I do not buy the chemistry or, I mean, the lack thereof with her and Roger. And, you know, I, I John Heder, Heater, I still don't know which is which, but um, he is poorly. Napoleon. Napoleon. We'll go with that. Napoleon Dynamite. Because he was pretty much playing that character, basically. I mean, he has graduated from that high school and went on to be a meter maid. That's that's the weird part with all the creepiness is you have to. It's like there's something about Mary, like Ben Stiller 
plays somewhat of a stalker and a creep and that he pays someone to track down this girl that he almost went to prom with in high school. And that film handles it really well because there's a lot of stuff that he does or puts her in dangerous situations, but they make up for it because that character owns it. Like in this new version of school for scoundrels, he just pawns it off on Billy Bob. Mr. P is like lying. Well, you know who put her sort of in the path of Mr. P like he sort of, he unleashed this monster upon her really. So that's what I really like about there's something about Mary has been Silver's character says, yeah, I'm just as bad as the rest of these guys. Like I'm just as big of a jerk. You know, I don't think I've ever seen the entire There's Something About Mary. Um, I'm shaking you, my head right now. You listeners. sure are shaking your head. But do you recall a, a statement I have made, I think, a few times at least about Ben Stiller? You're not a fan? Not a fan. You know, um, and, you know, you are actually coming on my show, again, Hydrate Level 4, to uh, cover Cable Guy, which we actually discussed on this very show. Hey, I'm waiting for my invitation for Cable Guy. So we're getting it done. You're coming on to talk about Cable Guy. That I skipped out on because it was directed by Ben Stiller. Uh, there's something about Mary. I gave it a shot. I don't remember seeing the entire movie. I might have, but I, I really don't know for sure. But, I've not um, led you astray with Ben Stiller yet. Now, to be fair, I didn't know he was in this. I don't know if they even really advertised it or if this was like a sort of a secret cameo because I don't... It's he is like, listed on IMDb, but I don't like. I don't remember him being in any of the trailers or anything. I don't think so. And it, I, I bet you it's just like Will Ferrell in uh, Starsky and Hutch. It's like that. But the movies I've had you watch with Ben Stiller, like uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, you really liked. great. I loved yeah. it. Loved it. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but there's something about Mary. And as you said, we're going to do Cable Guy. It's not exactly a Ben Stiller joint, but he did direct it. He is very good in his small part. Oh, so he's in it too. Okay. Kind of, but, sort of. Yeah. I mean, because I, I did not like Heartbreak Kid. So, Did you like the Charles Grodin one, though? Charles Grodin one I liked, yeah. Uh, no, you like Civil Shepherd. That's what you liked. I remember, I remember that. Uh, who was she again? <laughs> <laughs> the name rings a bell. <laughs> she was the one that he was doing all the heartbreaking for with his poor wife. Okay, was she the the, the like the, the Jewish woman? That one. The Jewish shiksa, I think is how they say it. Okay, and then what was the other one? Um, the one that he was not having an affair with, but kind of. No, that was Sybil Shepherd. Oh, okay, that, he... that was Sib- okay. I thought you yeah. said Sybil Shepherd was his wife. No, no, she's the the one that lures the the Jewish guy out of his marriage. Uh, oh, you know what? I think yeah, yeah. In there, I must have made some comments about something. Wasn't Webb on that one? Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, there was something I kept on repeating, like almost like it was a hashtag. So. Yeah, go back and listen to that one because we are now on iTunes and Stitcher for those that found us through iTunes and Stitcher. Um, yeah, our numbers dropped off. What happened to you people? <laughs> everyone subscribed and uh, no longer have to go straight to Podbean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. But uh, you, you got anything else on this? Uh, do we want to go straight to the fun part? I don't know if there was much else to talk about this. Um, do you want to talk about the end of the remake? Uh, how it was kind of a, a, a like a double a double uh, twist kind of thing. It's not or? believable. Like in the slide, like for, okay. You know, whatever happens between these two guys, fine. They're both kind of, you know, they both deserve each other, but for it to have the ending where she would suddenly be into him. No, wouldn't happen. The, the romance part of this is like insultingly uh, 
bad on School for Scoundrels. It makes me root against everyone. And that's why I'm rooting for Sarah Silverman in this. The reason Peter's not talking right now is because I just sent him a screen capture of the old man from the original. And is that or is that not ear hair? What it looks like is black uh, cotton sticking out of his ear. That is ear hair, sir. <laughs> That's um. Well, hey, again, it's ear bush. Nineteen sixty, they did not have the Remington ear trimmer. You know, ear hair trimmer. So, I'm never time traveling. <laughs> never. <laughs> not even if I pick you up in a DeLorean. We're, we're going to the future. Okay, we're not well, going to go back. Fair to, enough. You know, nineteen sixty London or whatever. Fair enough. We're going to go uh, buy ourselves a sports almanac and come back and bet on all the games. I'm I'm down for that. Yep, there we go. We're going to come back and remake School for Scoundrels. That's what that's what we're getting to at the end of our show, right? Why? Like, how would we do this better? <laughs> okay, sure. but do you not think watching the original, like, it, to me, it's like an easy premise to remake. Like, I'm actually shocked that they went so off the rails with the new one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really enjoyed the 1960 version, you know, for what it was. So sure. would you would you agree that maybe School for Scoundrels 2006 should have been paired up for with anger management, perhaps? Yeah, or Training Day, or we could just remake <laughs> this episode and do Training Day and an anger management together. There you go. Just the two movies we didn't even choose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I was thinking is uh, the only way to really fix some of the creepier elements here is you got to change this to like a uh from a, a female's perspective you gotta let's let's do the ghostbusters thing and make the scoundrels women here which i think is kind of being done with a, a movie coming out this summer called uh, mike and dave need wedding dates oh right uh where anna kendrick and aubrey plaza is, aubrey plaza aubrey are conning these two guys uh, when and trying to make themselves, you know, appear to be, I guess, more refined and you know, good girls, but they're con artists, and um, that's kind of what I had in my head was the scoundrels need to be women. So, do you have any that you think off the top of your head would make it like a good, you know, Roger or maybe even a a Mister P, a Mrs. P here for for our remake, our remake. Yeah, hey, why not Anna Kendrick? You already brought her up. I'm assuming she would be the younger one here. The younger one, yeah. Uh, for the older, hmm. How about how about you think of a a, a Roger Et while I try to think of a, a a Dr. P female type here? Okay, so the the um, Roger Et. So do you mean someone that uh, Anna Kendrick would be pining for? No, no, just somebody else instead of like a Anna Kendrick. I was about to cheat and say Aubrey Plaza. Okay. Okay. Uh, how about the uh, Doctor P is like a, and I feel like we've already used her before, or at least I have. Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. That'd be interesting. I don't know if I've seen her play mean. Have you? Or play cruel? Well, I mean, I haven't seen Sisters, but how was she in there? I would say that uh, Tina Fey was. Oh, was she? The, was okay, more, they did the. Reversal. She was more the bad cop. Yeah. Got it. Okay. How about Baby Mama? Haven't seen that one. No. Hmm. Even then, I don't know if she's cruel. I just think she's like the the wild one, maybe the kind of the dumb one. Yeah, I think she could do it though. You know, I mean, I, I think I've you seen know what? What am I talking about? SNL. Well, Sarah Silverman is the professor. Oh, bring her back. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I so, like that. Sarah Silverman teaching. Well, we'll just have Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza both. 
in there. Like we can have two Rogers. Okay. Roger hey, the Rogerettes, as you call them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they are some kind of punk band. <laughs> so who 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 would be the uh, the guy that's being stalked or creeped on here, trying to be convinced of uh, of Anna Kendrick's um, Ooh, nice okay. ways? How about a Dave Franco? Dave Franco, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. About yeah, the same I can, I can age, you know, and he's he's not like uh, you know, he, he's a handsome guy, but he's not overly handsome, and he doesn't look like a schmuck. I mean, depending yeah, on the movie, I'll, you I'll, know. But, I like yeah. Dave Franco. He's funny in uh, Neighbors. He was good in that. So I like yeah. him in the, his little bit in Twenty Two Jump Street <laughs> in jail. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he did have a. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a good cast. Who's who's the director here? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Do we want to go Apatow? No, I don't think so. I think you we gotta we gotta find a smaller a lady. Well, I, I guess Apatow would make it two and a half hours. I don't know if I want that. That's true. It'd be like funny people or something. It would get close to three hours. Oh, I know. Um, uh, Lake Bell. Have you ever seen In a World? Are you In familiar a world. with Lake Bell? No, uh, Lake Bell. Lake Bell. Yeah, I know, she's I know primarily the an actress. Yeah. Um, she was in Million Dollar Arm with uh, John Hamm, baseball movie. Oh, her. Okay. Uh, I know her from. Uh, she's done No Strings Attached, No Escape, What Happens in Vegas, um, Wet think, Hot American Summer. Did I you think, see that? No, I think No Strings Attached. I, I probably saw her in. Uh, it's complicated. I saw that, so maybe that as well. So I, that that's it, just from the last few things. Well, I, I saw what happens in Vegas. So, uh, but she directs, huh? So we're gonna go with uh, Tina Fey writing the screenplay for Lake Bell to direct. Sarah Silverman, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, and then Dave Franco is the lucky bastard in yeah. all of that. Yeah, there you go. What well, what's your opinion of Aubrey Plaza? I I like her. I like her. You know, she's kind of stretched a little bit. Uh, have you seen the to do list? The only thing I've seen her in is um, she was in Portlandia a few episodes, and I'm trying to think what else. I haven't seen her on. What was it? Parks and Rec? Is that what she's on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't watch that show, but um, uh, oh, I saw her in uh, what is it called? Uh, safe was it? Is it safe? Safety not guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, she's the, good the in that. Duplass. Yeah, I, that's the only movie I've seen her in. Check out the uh, the to do list. Okay, you isn't want, that uh, where she's like on a uh, she's like a uh, lifeguard? A, yeah, she's on a quest to prepare herself, I guess, sexually for college. Okay, um, and hijinks ensue. So mm. that would be more in line with the R-rated comedy that uh, the new School for Scoundrels attempted to kind of cross over into, but. This one at least is, you know, totally consistent. I I think we have some kind of serendipitous uh, event happening here. Lake Bell, Lake Bell, and I we share a birthday, which also the original movie of School of Scoundrels <laughs> was released. So that's a that's some sort of sign. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's it's a sign that we've been doing this episode for too long. I, I guess you're, pro- you're probably right. <laughs> you're getting into weird number twenty three territory here. Yeah, P- Peter's going to get out sharpie and start writing the numbers all over his. I his have like twenty number twenty three actually. I I've never seen it. I, I won't make any judgments. I'm just I'm just aware that it looks pretty weird. You know, is Jim Carrey and Joel Schumacher. I mean, you can't expect too much, 
but I thought it was interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I, I actually thought it was okay. I, I think I'm, I'm still stuck on us doing a Training Day anger management original remake and okay. add it to know, the list. Seeing if anyone even comments or if people just let it, just let it go. <laughs> we, we should even just troll people on that episode. You know, we'll, we'll just do like a 15 minute episode where we say the original movie is Training Day and the remake is anger management. You know, Jack Nicholson plays the <laughs> Denzel character. <laughs> we should just, we, we, just do it. We we need to just record it. I don't know when we'll release it, but let's just we can just go ahead and record it, and we'll just you know when we have a, a dead week or a movie that we can't tie into, we just release it. There we go. Yeah, yeah, really short one. It'd be funny. So if you made it this long, there's a preview of an episode that will come out at some point, which I think we keep doing that. We keep saying, you know what, we should have done this instead. So it's like Always. we remake we remake the show we're doing as we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eventually we'll be satisfied, but. It's and not then, this week. You know what we should do? We should do another podcast for those very movies. You mean like a <laughs> uh, like a fan cast for this show? Yeah. Like... <laughs> These are the movies that we discussed on Original Remake. Here we are. <laughs> fan fiction pairings or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of sad. I think we would actually need other fans to do that. But first we have to get fans. So we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. Uh, where can people interact with us if they our fans and well, stop us from doing training day and anger management. Yeah. If they w- want to get a hold of us on Twitter, uh, both of us are, uh, I, I might be a little bit more active than you are on Twitter, but, um, uh, Hey now, buddy, hmm. what do you mean by that? Well, uh, I, mean, I haven't seen you tweet very much, uh, lately. I retweet when people okay. say nice things about me. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess that does count. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, our show, original remake, that that's all it is at original remake. And, uh, if you want to shoot us uh, some suggestions for some pairings, uh, perhaps, you know, for example, training day and anger management, if you want to hear something like that, you can uh, send that request to original remake pod at gmail.com. Uh, and then my personal show, uh, hydrate level four. My uh, main Twitter is at HLF Podcast, so you can find me there uh, and also at followingfilms.com along with this show, my show, and Mike, what is your show? War Machine versus War Horse, where a new release inspires a conversation about two older films with a similar theme but different approaches. You can tweet at me, at War Machine Horse. I won't tweet back, according to Peter, but if you say something nice, I will retweet you. So mm-hmm. I, I will interact with you in some way. And again, I keep forgetting to tell you what my show is about. <laughs> we take a nostalgic look back at the movies that we grew up watching. So, you know, uh, I think mo- most recently we did Robin Hood Men in Tights. I'm about to release Angels in the Outfield for the week of the uh, the opener for a baseball season. Um, I don't know what it's called. Is that is that okay? Can I say opener? Does that offend people? No, no it's opening day. It's opening oh, week. Opening That's day. Fine. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, th- there you go. So a couple of different things there. Uh, and I also did an episode of Major League from last year. So you can dig that up as well uh, by going to my feed or uh, even visiting Falling Films, which I I'm going uh, to top you and say so you can check out Million Dollar Arm, which I mentioned with the beautiful Lake Bell. We covered that on War Machine vs. War. So that was like one of our first 10 episodes. So the, we Sounds probably right. sound really bad. But no, I, I, I think out. I've been listening uh, probably around that time, actually. It, it was in the low teens. So uh, and where are you at right now? 225, 230, 250? 232. 232. So, oof. 
I have not listened to all of them, uh, but that's a lot of damn movies. What kind of what kind of fan are you, Peter? I you fell off, man. Me. Too many movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep uh, providing you know shows that talk about too many movies uh, next time, and I don't know what we have on the schedule. Is it uh, Jungle Book? Is it is Jungle Book. Up? Yes, I will. So uh, actually, a, a new movie. Yeah, it will be a new movie and uh, paired up with the. Uh, was it the 1967 i want to say the year was the animated movie so i will be having uh mason of uh, real dude reviews joining me on that uh he is also um or he can also be heard on my show as a rotating recurring uh, guest host uh he was also on the uh batman 1989 episode on hydrate level four so if you want to hear what he sounds like he's on that show and he'll be joining me on original remake next week well, you see, our main concern is how you're going to achieve escape velocity on your growth rate. <laughs> Get critical mass. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's funny? It's just that painting behind you. It's awful. Looks like uh, Harlequin Kama Sutra done poorly. So, I agree. Bad culture fit. I think we just all move on. Um, look, I didn't say anything about a culture fit. No, I did. Okay, well, thank you for meeting with us. We have a bunch of these things to go to, hopefully with more tasteful artwork. And your logo looks like a sideways vagina. I find that to be racist, don't you? Okay, here's my concern. Here's my concern. Who the hell picked out that shirt for you? What? Oh, I see, with the pants. So I guess it's a whole thing my wife picked this out then you married poorly do you care about pied piper do i care about pied piper well of course because if you do i'm not seeing it in fact what i think i'm seeing is the human equivalent of a flaccid penis flaccid it's actually pronounced flaccid not a lot of people know that well we are definitely interested but i think we need to i'm sorry is something wrong now, this is all wrong. I am sensing a general lack of vision. Your muffins smell like shit. So do your ideas. One of you is the least attractive person I've ever seen. I'm not going to say who. Should we leave or should you? We just got offered eight at 40. We're five for five, gentlemen. And Galveston Capital Fund and Yountville Ventures called. They want to move their meetings up before everyone else. <sighs> Hey, let me try. I want to be rude at this next one. Go for it. So with some proper funding, we should be able to get a functioning beta in time for CES. And if you don't fund us, you're a fucking slut. Oh, what's that smell? Is that a fart? You've, you a farter? Now, can I have a pastry or are you guys going to eat them all? Fat. It's not your fault, Richard. This is just something that can't be taught. So leave the next one to me. I can feel a big one coming on. What are you going to do? I'm not sure yet, but give me room. There's something inside of me that has to come out. And who am I to stop it? His balls. He put his balls on the table? Right on the table. On purpose? I... Don't see how it could be by accident. Richard, I just got an email from the guys at Midland Oak. Apparently there is a line, and I crossed it.
the line between 12 and 15 million dollars. Ba-bam! Midland Oaks offer just came in. Gentlemen, we are valued at 75 million, fully diluted. Are you shitting me? Take a look at these term sheets. There is a linear correlation between how intolerable I was and the height of valuation. Hey guys, um, this is Lori Bream, the new managing